What's up, everybody? This is Sean Mangoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. My prayer is that you encounter God as a result of listening to this sermon today. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? We're about ready to jump into God's Word today, starting a new series this month called Redemption. We're going to talk about the benefits of what Jesus did on the cross. So this is all about what did the cross do? Um, not the symbol, not the, not even just the picture of the cross and the, you know, the, um, you know, sometimes I think we see it as a symbol and it represents something, but I'm speaking of not necessarily um, uh, the event even, that, that, that historical event. And yes, we're talking about that, but I'm, what I'm saying is when I say the cross, I'm speaking of all that Jesus did in and through it. Um, what did his shed blood do? What did he giving himself becoming sin force? What did that do for humanity? And so we're going to break it down this month. We're talking about redemption. Okay. And so excited about this. And we're going to conclude this series Easter Sunday and, and, um, looking forward to this month and really just diving into the word so we can have a great, greater and better understanding of what redemption is and all the different words used that describe the benefits of the atonement, all right? And so let's dive into the word today, scan the QR code or text the word sermon to our number and you will get the sermon notes, okay? I'm putting a little bit more extensive notes on there. It's not just the scripture references and the points, trying to put in as much as I can um, there is a limit on you version as far as how many words you can have in a post. And the, that's what it is really. It's on our Hopeland Church U version um, profile and, and page. And uh, it only allows so many words. But um, we're, we're able to get some good notes on there so you can really follow along and just take the notes for yourself. Um, and so there you go. Uh, let's jump into the word here. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray you speak to us. We pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We pray that we are all the more settled and rooted in you, God, in Christ, in your word. God, let this month be a month and, and just the series be uh, something that really lays down line by line a good theology around the cross and the benefits of your death, burial, and resurrection. So thank you, Lord, for today. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and all of God's people said amen. All right, here we go. Redemption, folks. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, um, starting with this, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Say that with me. Say, Jesus has obtained eternal redemption for me. Say it again. Say, Jesus has obtained eternal redemption for me. 
Okay, so we're going to talk about redemption. I'm going to give you some definitions of this word, um, you know, a uh, little bit of dictionary and stuff like that, just so as we dive into this, I think the overarching message this month and this title of our series is redemption, but today I'm going to specifically talk about that, redemption, um, biblically and scripturally, what does it mean, where do we find it, I mean, we can go on and on about it, there's a lot uh, in the scripture, but I I, my prayer is that this just gives a good foundation of what that is. And then in light of redemption, we're going to cover some other things this, this month, some other things specifically. We're going to spend a week and discuss um, teaching on reconciliation, regeneration, justification, might even throw in there a little bit of propiti propitiation. Okay, all these biblical words, and these are really the benefits of the cross, what what the shed blood of Jesus, his broken body, this is what it has done for us. And so we're gonna start off, redemption, okay? So redemption simply means to release, um, to set free a slave by paying the full ransom. So it really means that, it, it means to, to, to pay the full ransom, right? The, 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 the complete price, the total price, not just a partial, the cross was not a down payment. Um, and so uh, that's what we're talking about, all right? Um, redemption, so what, once again, the dictionary uh, defines redemption as this. Let me, let me just walk through this slowly here, but redemption, say this with me, say, I am the redeemed. If you've confessed Christ, you've repented of your sin, you're walking with the Lord, you've encountered the Lord Jesus, I am telling you, uh, you are redeemed. All of humanity, God has paid the price for all of humanity, but not everybody has received it. Um, but come on, say it with me, say, I am the redeemed. The dictionary definition of redemption. This is the benefit of the atonement, the benefit of the cross. This is what it means and has done for us. It's the action or, of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. We're redeemed. Okay, we were slaves of sin and we were redeemed, we were, we were purchased. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We, we by nature are children of wrath. Uh, we were sons of disobedience, but Christ redeemed us. We received what he did for us on the cross and we are the redeemed, we've been purchased. We are no longer slaves of sin. We are not slaves of the devil. Uh, we have been purchased, okay? We are redeemed. So it's the action of God regaining, um, uh, possession of us in exchange for the payment of his life, okay? Um, he, in a sense, redemption is the clearing of a debt, okay? So so we, because of our sin, we're in debt, okay? We are um, condemned, all right? The wages of sin is death. We can't pay it back. We're in over our head uh, because of sin and because of, uh, sinful life, sinful thoughts, sinful actions, and sinful condition in nature. But Jesus has redeemed us. Um, I'm gonna read this verse one more time, Hebrews 9, 12, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, okay? He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. How did he obtain eternal redemption? Because he paid the price to get us. Here it is, I'm gonna give you a continued definition of redemption. Say it with me, say I am the redeemed. Redemption is this, it is a covenantal legal ransom, okay? Atonement, substitution, and deliverance. Thus, redemption really, it speaks of and means salvation, okay? All right, so theologically, 
Redemption refers ultimately to the saving work of Christ. Okay, it's not we we don't we don't obtain it, we don't earn it, we don't perform for it. Um, redemption is not performative; it is received. Okay, it is given. We just must receive it. It is a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. We receive it. So redemption refers ultimately to the saving work of Christ. Redemption speaks of what Christ has done for us. Redemption speaks of his willful act of giving his life for us so he could have us back, all right? So um, theologically, redemption refers ultimately to the saving work of Christ who came to accomplish our redemption. He came to accomplish our redemption by giving his life in substitution for our own as the ransom price. He paid the full price, all right? You might say, well, why? What for? Um, because here's my, here's my first point. Humankind needs redemption, okay? Humankind, humanity, every human being needs redemption because every human being is a sinner. Every human being has sinned. Every human being has done wrong. And sin has a penalty. That penalty is death, okay? It not only produces death in our natural life, but it produces and brings about eternal death and eternal separation from God. I'm here to tell you, say it with me, say humankind needs redemption because humankind are slaves of sin. We by nature are children of wrath. We were shaped in iniquity. We can't help but sin. Because of Adam and Eve in the garden, sin has now been passed on. It's within our very nature. We need to be redeemed. You, 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 you need to be redeemed. And, and all these other things that we do as Christians are secondary consequences. Going to church does not equate to redemption. Can I get an amen, somebody? Doing any good work is not redemption. The redeemed do good works, but I'm telling you, we must be redeemed. We need to be redeemed. We need Christ. We need to accept and receive that what he did for us. That is redemption. Everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, let me read this. Romans 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The only way out of our sin is to receive what Jesus has done. It, 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 is, it is his blood and his blood alone that washes us. That was the price to get us. We must receive it. Humankind needs redemption. Ephesians chapter one, verse seven. In him, we have redemption through his blood, blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, 7, in him, speaking of Jesus, it, this same verse is almost quoted exactly or very much like it also in the book of Colossians. It, it's, it's equating redemption, his blood, and the forgiveness of sins, right? It's saying pretty much the same thing. Uh, but Ephesians 1, 7, in him, we have, we have redemption through his blood, okay? We have redemption through his blood, all right? This is what God has done. This is, the, this is, this is a benefit of the atonement, the shed blood of Jesus, the cross, hallelujah, the, the thorns put on him, 
his beard plucked out, him whipped on the back. Uh, it, you know, he was cursed for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In him, we have redemption. Redemption. You are not the devil's property. You are not the enemy's property. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Hallelujah. So humanity is held in the captivity of sin from which only the atoning death of Jesus Christ can liberate. Humanity is held in the captivity of sin from which only the atoning death of Jesus Christ can liberate. Can I get an amen, somebody? This is my next point, folks. Sin is the problem. Sin is the problem. Sin is the problem, right? And sin is the problem, okay? That, that is it. And the only thing that can deliver, set us free, and us to receive forgiveness of, the only thing that washes away sin is the blood of Jesus. He is our redeemer. He has redeemed us. He, that price has been paid. That blood got us off the slave block of sin. Hallelujah. And the devil. Praise the Lord. He paid the price. We are not our own. We were purchased with a price. Praise the Lord. Our faith rests on what God has done. Our faith rests on that shed blood. Our faith rests on what he did on the cross. Our faith rests on what Jesus has done for us. We must simply receive it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you again, sin is the problem. Sin is the problem. Sin is a problem. Okay. Can I get an amen? If you can, you can just look around, look at your own life. Sin is a problem. All right. Look at this world. Sin is a problem. Look at politics. Look at our streets. Look at our cities. Look at the state of this world. Look at the entertainment industry. Look at anything going on in this world. Look at any, any environment where there are people that, that don't know God or not walking with God or even those that are walking with God. Man, I mean, look at the church. Look at how many, you know, spiritual leaders have fallen from grace that we just know about because maybe they have just a broader platform of influence. I'm telling you, sin is the problem. Can I get an amen? All right, sin is a problem. All right, look at this, Titus chapter two, verse 14. All right, we need to be redeemed. Why? Sin is the problem. Okay, we need redemption. All right, sometimes we, we overcomplicate things and we, I understand there's complexity of life, there's complexity of situations, people and all this stuff is, can get all confusing and that, but hey, let's just look at it for what it is. Guess what the problem is, folks? At the end of the day, is sin. All right, let's not, let's not even blame the devil or demons, okay? They, they're up to no good and they are a problem, but, but let, let, let's own, let's own our own uh, willfulness of sin. Can I get an amen? Redemption is ours. Hallelujah. Titus 2.14. Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us that he might, what? Redeem, that he might redeem us. He gave himself for us, that he might redeem us, that he might redeem, purchase, get back. Hallelujah. Redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. His own, redeem, speaks of God's ownership of us. God's not a dictator. 
but he paid the price to make us his own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Redeem us from every lawless deed. Um, the King James says iniquity, to redeem us from iniquity. Redeem us from iniquity. The cross redeems us from lawless deeds or iniquity, okay? And I'm gonna break down this word iniquity, all right? I'm gonna break down this word iniquity. Sin is the problem. Iniquity is another word for sin. It's a particular word in the scripture used for sin, okay? It's, it, sin is basically missing the mark of God's perfection, of God's, what God has established, the boundaries that God has laid out. When we step outside those boundaries, we have transgressed. So one word for sin is transgression. What does that mean? Stepping outside of the boundaries, crossing the line of what God says is right and wrong. Can I get an amen, somebody? Here's this word iniquity in the Greek, lawless deed. It's really two words in the English. It's, it's made up of two words, and it's the Greek word anomia, anomia. And it, it's two words that mean that ah means not or no, and nomos or nomia, nomos, anomia, anomos, which means no divine law or without law. Hence the New King James Version translates, translates it lawless deed. It really means no law, no divine law. It's also closely connected in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, uh, the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, um, and um, the Greek translation, uh, it's, it speaks of God's divine law, the law of Moses, right? Or God's parameters. That speaks of this, that which God has established, okay? Translated another way, no divine law, no uh, written word, no living word. Another way of saying it, break it down simply, no word, no capital W word, no word, no word. Think about this for one second, folks. This speaks of our, our state, the state of our fallen nature, our human fallen nature condition without God's word, iniquity, okay? Thus, with that existing condition without God's word, that is iniquity. The Bible says we were shaped in iniquity, our fallen nature. We were born into sin. That is iniquity. We were born in a state, in a nature without law, without divine law, without the word. We must be born again. We must receive the implanting of the word of God, redemption, the cross, the blood of Jesus, Jesus' broken body makes it now possible for the word to get planted in the heart of sinful people. Can I get an amen? Redemption, redeem us from iniquity. Hallelujah. God, through redemption, through the cross, now empowers us when we receive that redemption. We receive the blood of Christ. We receive what he did for us. We put our faith in Jesus. He now plants his word in our heart. We are no longer children of wrath, 
but now we are now, our hearts become the soil by which his word is planted in. All right? And so he delivers us from this, not only our fallen sinful condition, but also the sinful acts that happen as a result of that condition. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about how the word of God is planted on the soil of our heart now. The Bible says that it is the engrafted word that's able to save the soul. He has delivered us from being without his word. I am telling you right now, we need the word. We need the word. We need the word in our heart. We need the word. I have hidden thy word in my heart so that I do not sin against you. My next point is this, God's word in my heart is the answer. If sin is the problem, it's not just that God's word is the answer, and yes it is, but let's take it a step further, folks. It's his word in my heart. I've hidden thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. God's word in my heart is the answer. Not, not just God's word in my head, not just God's word in my church, not just God's word on my bookshelf, not just God's word on the Bible app on my phone, but it is God's word in my heart that is the answer to sin. The, the, the cross has provided it. Redemption has provided it. So what's, what do I do? What, what's, in, what's within my power to uh, combat sin? Allow the word to get planted in your heart. It is God's word in your heart that is the answer to the sin that you're struggling with. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen, somebody? Say it with me. Say God's word in my heart is the answer. We can't be freed from the sin that we justify. All right? If sin is the problem, let's keep sin in the sin category. Come on now, don't, don't let the devil creep in and start deceiving you or let's not allow him to deceive us into calling something that is a sin, not a sin, man. Because just because we say it's not a sin doesn't mean it's not. And we will suffer uh, the consequences of justifying sin or calling sin. Um, it's okay with God and the okay with God category. And it's not, and we, we can't change that. We, 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 we're, we're venturing over into idolatry and all kind of open doors calling sin okay. And so we, we can't be freed from the sin that we justify. Here's the point. The point isn't even just that, you know, sin, that sin is the problem and that we need to call sin sin. It's not like, let's just stay there. Let's look a little further. Why? Well, really, let's go a little further. Why do we not want to play with sin, say it ain't sin, it's okay. Um, why? Uh, well, because it's it's not, because it's sin, right? And we will suffer the consequences, but also um, we're basically saying Jesus did not redeem us from it. Jesus didn't pay a price for it. And we, we don't want to do that. Let, we want to receive that redemption, the freedom, the liberty of the sin. So let, let's keep sin in the sin category. Can I get an amen, somebody? Deception keeps us from the truth of what sin is. All right? And it's the truth that we know that sets us free. Okay? Let, let, let's just, let's leave it alone. Let, let's let it, let sin be sin. All right? Let's not justify it. When we say that sin, or more specifically, a particular sin, all right, is, is not a sin, we're keeping ourselves in the bondage of that sin. All right? Or others, for that matter. All right. So in essence, when we when we there's a particular sin, we just really don't want it to be a sin or we just 
are believing it's not for some reason and the scripture plainly states, hey, no, this is something Jesus died for us to be free from, all right? In essence, we're refusing to receive the blessing of the atonement. We are, we are not allowing the blood to be applied to us in that area. And we, hence, we remain guilty. We're not washed then. We're not cleansed of it. You justify a sin, you can't be free from a sin you justify. You can't be cleansed from the sin you justify. Jesus died for it. But if you refuse to receive it, if you call, if you say it's okay with God and it isn't okay with God, you're gonna suffer the consequences. Can I get an amen, somebody? So, so, so in essence, we're refusing to receive the blessing of the atonement, which in this case is redemption, okay? It's like being in the bondage of a sin and Jesus saying, man, I paid the price for you and come out of that. No, no, I don't need, I'm good. I don't need to be, I'm okay over here. I'm all right in my sin. I'm doing just fine. All right, that's really what we're saying. We're refusing the free gift of redemption. When we say that sin or a particular sin is not a sin, we're constructing a false identity and alienating ourselves from the creator. Okay, this is redemption. Redemption is price has been paid for sin. We must receive all that he paid a price for us to be free from. Can I get an amen? So if sin is the problem. And the answer that within our power, the answer is to receive the word of God into our heart. Okay. Um, then really when we look at this and as we're looking at this series this month, folks, Here's my next point. The cross is the source, okay? The cross, not the symbol, but the, the event of all that that represents there is the source. Jesus is the source, okay? So the cross is the source. Think about this. Everything he did there, folks, redemption. It's a source, source, it's a source. It's not my works. My good works are not the source of my salvation. My church attendance is not the source of my salvation. Can I say this? My obedience to the call of God is not the source of my salvation. My, my, the work of the ministry is not the source of my salvation. What Jesus did on the cross is the source of my eternal salvation. It is the source of my well-being. It is the source of my relationship with God. The source of my relationship with others. The source of my worldview, my identity, my worth, my value, my freedom, my calling, and my purpose. It is what Jesus has done and not what I have done or not done. Yes, when we receive Christ, we do good works, but they are a secondary consequence of what he has already done and that I've received what he has done for me. Galatians chapter four, verses four to seven. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, verse five of Galatians four, to redeem those who are under the law, okay? Meaning we are guilty as charged based on God's word. We have sinned. The law is a schoolmaster that brings us to Christ, okay? to redeem those who are under the law that we might receive, receive the adoption as sons. 
This is what redemption does. Redemption brings us into sonship. That is my last point. Redemption brings us into sonship. It says, verse five again. Can I read verse five again? To redeem us. To redeem those who are under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ. Verse six, and because you are sons, and this is not a play, and this isn't just for men here, sons is a term used and it applies to women. There is no male or female in Christ. And this, the context of these verses is speaking of who we are in Christ. And so, and it just, it's, it's really speaking of child, okay? Um, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Verse seven, therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. That's what redemption means. We just looked at that. We just looked at the definition when we started this, ser- this sermon today, that, that, that redemption is to liberate, free a slave. And here it is, Galatians chapter four, verse seven, therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. When we see Christ for who he is, a redeemer, we see sin for what it is, the problem. (laughs) Come on, somebody. So when we repent of our sin, we receive forgiveness from it. We enter, according to Galatians 4, we enter into the blessing of sonship. Redemption brings us into sonship. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And my prayer is that you go out there and you change your world through the power of Jesus Christ. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and follow us on social media and check out our website at hopelandla.com. Peace.